Welcome to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast, where we talk with some of the greatest names from the stadium and stage about the music and sports that shaped their lives. I'm John Adams. In my years of working in the music and sports arenas, I've experienced firsthand the surprising connections between these two industries. Together, through this podcast, we will explore this crossover relationship. All of our podcasts have an accompanying Spotify playlist that showcases the music we discuss with each of our guests. Search for The Score on Spotify. Today's guest is an NBA veteran. In his career of over 1,000 games, he suited up for the Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, Detroit Pistons, Vancouver and Memphis Grizzlies, and Boston Celtics. We will speak with the color analyst and sideline reporter for the Detroit Pistons, Grant Long, right after this. Hi, this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right now, the coronavirus is affecting all of us, but for communities of color, the impact is especially devastating. Sadly, this pandemic amplifies the real-life consequences of existing economic and social inequalities. That's why the NBA is partnering with the National Urban League to help inform, represent, and empower communities of color. This is a time for all of us to help all of us. And the more we understand the issues, the more we will be able to solve them. Now, more than ever, we need to be in this together. Be safe, be informed, and get engaged. Welcome back to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast. We welcome to the show 15-year NBA veteran and current analyst for the Detroit Pistons, It's Grant Long. Grant, how is Detroit treating you? Man, it's been very good. Obviously, this is my hometown, so... I guess I would call it my dream job to be able to broadcast NBA games in my hometown from my hometown, Detroit Pistons. That's right. You grew up in Wayne, Michigan, and went to school at Eastern Michigan. So this is this is just the the dream gig, and you're 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 living your uh, you're living your best life. Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head, man. I played 15 years in the NBA for five different teams, so I'm all over the place. I've traveled. Uh, I broadcast did some broadcast work for the Atlanta Hawks. One teams that I played for. And then I got to do some broadcasting work for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. And to bring the thing full circle, I got to come back home and broadcast my hometown Detroit Piston team. You talk about a, a whirlwind trip. This, this is the one that I've been on and it's still continuing. It must have been a, just a joy and a warm reception to be back home, to be in that, in that new arena too. Because uh, you kind of you were there to to finish out the time at the palace and then to start up at the new uh, Little Caesars Arena. Little Caesars that's Arena, that's right. Yeah, you are absolutely right. And uh, so they needed somebody who had kind of been through that and had been through that. Because I went from being with the Vancouver Grizzlies as a player, that team got sold and relocated to Memphis and became the Memphis Grizzlies. So I went through what the Oklahoma City Thunder was getting ready to go through in their initial years. It must have been difficult to to move with a franchise as a player from from Vancouver to uh, to, to Memphis, but just a, a shift in culture is enormous. I, w- I would agree with that. And Vancouver, if you've never been there, it's one of the most beautiful places you could ever imagine. Yeah, I, enjoy, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. I still have friends there. And although I've not gone back since I left, I do plan on making a trip back there to stay for a month or two to go to Memphis, to be in Memphis and, and to hear music, real down home, good music. 
luckily for me, I was ready for it and enjoyed my time there in Memphis as well. Did you t- did you spend some time on Beale Street? Oh, come on, man. Absolutely, <laughs> I did. One of the first places I went to for the food, for the fun, the festivities. And I mean, everybody in that city knows when Friday night comes, you're heading to Beale Street. That's yes. Just, that's just where everything goes. Are you a playlist guy? Are you listening to playlists while on the road? Are you listening to uh, to full to full discs and full albums? Oh no, definitely no full disc, no full album. Mm. I am I'm a playlist guy, but I'm in for about three songs, and then by the time that plane gets off the ground, I'm probably already in my third stage of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, it, it you get used to the traveling real quick and can sleep in just about any situation now, huh? No doubt, no yeah. doubt about it. No doubt. So when you were growing up in Michigan, what music are you playing through your high school years? Well, you, you know, being from Detroit, being from that from Michigan area, Motown was very prevalent. Everybody heard it everywhere you went uh, and you were a kid. And you, you still even hear it now as a plus 50 adult. So that's going nowhere, the Motown sound. So, you know, when you grow up around it, you almost look to other artists because you're so inundated with what whatever Motown is. You try to look for other artists to kind of mold you and get some musical influence from, and that's what I did. And so I kind of listened to everything. Uh, you know, J- uh, Run DMC was one of the songs, or Run DMC was one of the groups that I that really grew up on. That's when rap really started to make its name, and I, I gravitated right to it. They had a few songs that just seemed to speak right to me. And one of those songs was a song called Hard Times. And, you know, it, it was it was it was an accurate song, a depiction of my young life. We were going through hard times and I just really it, that song spoke to me. They were absolutely huge in the, in the mid 80s, all the way through the 90s. They were they were enormous. Yep. Yep. They, they were big and they, they, they hit the ground running mm-hmm. and it seemed like they never stopped. They had one hit after another, one hit after another. And they just opened the door for the rest of the rap community. And Motown is timeless. Motown, you you could you could talk to someone who's sixty about Motown, the Motown sound. You could talk to somebody who's fifteen about the Motown you know, sound. <laughs> you are absolutely right about that because it it, so, it somehow resonates with you. And uh, you know, even though the Motown sound started here in Detroit, it branched out not only in in the United States but all across the world. You could play a Motown song and everybody will sing along with it, from Smokey mm-hmm. Robinson. To the Temptations and My Girl. Yeah, everybody knows those songs. You went from Michigan, where you went for, to high school and to college, and then you're drafted to Miami. Completely different sound makeup in Miami. It lives and breathes uh, a music culture that's very unique. How how was it moving to Miami and 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 being part of all of that? Well, that's the first time that I had lived away from Michigan. When I went to Miami, that was my first time ever living away from Michigan. And talk about everything that you just said. I hadn't heard of who Gloria Estefan was. But when <laughs> I got to Miami, that's all I heard was her music. She sang the national anthem during some of our games. It was outstanding to absorb that culture of music. And so I got to do the reggae thing. I got to do the uh, the cucaracha. I got I, do, I got to do all of those things, man. It was, it was a wonderful experience music-wise because it opened my eyes to other genres of music. In your job as, as a player and then as an analyst, you've had an opportunity to meet some of, some of these artists. Is there anyone that you have, have met that's absolutely blown you away? 
Well, the first person I met in the music industry was Luther Campbell for the two He was at the game. He was one of the guys that kind of struck up a relationship with him. We were in the studio a lot together. So I, I established a friendship with him. So he was the, one of the first musicians that I had ever met. Now, that's in 1988, 89. Fast forward many, many, many years later, later, and my favorite artist, rap artist of all time is Jay-Z. Well, we're, I'm sitting courtside calling a game for the Thunder, and he's sitting at the other end of the scores table. So I'm, I'm calling the game, and I can literally see him and hear his conversation that he is having with the next person sitting next to him. So halftime comes around, and I'm saying, okay, the whole time I'm calling the game, I'm saying, i got to get over there and say something to him, get an <laughs> autograph or do something. I've got This is my guy. This is the guy. I mean, this is, this is the holy grail. This is the goat for me. So you got to take advantage. Over. Yeah, I've got to get over there. So, you know, I see him heading out toward the tunnel, and he's getting ready to go to the restroom. And I say, well, you know, I introduce myself, and he's a fan of basketball, so he knows who I am. He says that he's, he's getting ready to head to the restroom. I say, man, don't go that way. It's going to be a crowd of people. They're going to mud you. Let's go. Now, I'll take you to the back way and go through the back wall of players go. So I'm thinking, okay, I just endeared myself to Jay-Z. So we're walking around the back, getting ready to go in. Only the players go. You have to have a press pass to get in. And, you know, we get around to the back and get ready to walk through there. And the usher says to me, you can go, but he can't. Oh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can go, but he can't? So at that point, I'm saying, listen, man, we're just trying to get to there. I'm trying to get into the restaurant real quick. I didn't want him to go through the big crowd and have him be harassed by the crowd. I'm sorry. Policy is that he doesn't have a press pass. He can't come through here. Wow. And then. And then somebody else can. And at this time, Jay-Z's looking at me, man, why'd you have me come around if you, you didn't have the juice to get me in? And, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure now. I'm starting to sweat. And just as that happened, somebody with a higher pay grade, pay grade than the usher standing there said, what are you doing? Let them go through. <laughs> and, you know, he let us go on through there. I got a couple of pictures with Jay-Z, and that, that was my night. My night was made uh, when I got a chance to meet him, talk to him. Found out he was an avid chess player, which I am too. So we had a common ground there. We talked a bit as we went to the as he went to the restroom. I didn't have to go; I was just following him along. <laughs> but uh, you know, that, that's my Jay Z story, and it was it, it was an uh, outstanding one for me, man, one I'll cherish. To be able to meet someone that you that you appreciate their craft and you appreciate what they oh, do, yeah, absolutely, and that's kind of how I felt about it. To be able to sit there, you know, face to face with this guy, and literally. I was listening to his music before I went on air, listening huh. to his music during the flight, and here he is, and I'm talking to him. You know, it, it's great. It was great. And Beyonce wasn't there with him, though, right? No, Beyonce was not there with him at that time. I know that you like you, you like rap music. Motown, what other artists are on your all-time playlist? I got to go back to my college days, because prior to going to college, my music experience was, like I said, Run DMC, Prince, mm -hmm. Michael Jackson, all of those groups back then. But when I got to college, uh, it was such a diverse makeup of people. And play players on my team, they were diverse. So I had to be around those guys. And by being around those guys, I opened myself up to their kind of music and what they were listening to. And, 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 it really, and I think it really set the stage for me to appreciate going to Miami, hearing that music, going to Memphis and hearing the blues yeah. and that kind of music. So I credit my experience in college to opening up my eyes and ears 
to broaden my musical perspective. So I get to college and I'm listening to Hootie and the Blowfish, mm-hmm. easily my favorite band. And I'm hearing NXS. I don't know if you remember that group. Oh, they yeah. were big. Listening to NXS, uh, Tom Petty, Bruce Hornsby, mm-hmm. Don Henley. I, this guy, nobody plays the piano better than Don Henley and mm-hmm. Bruce Hornsby. But I, those that, that college experience opened me up to guys or those kinds of groups that I was able to later on appreciate. Even country guys like Clint Black, uh, Bruce Bruceine, Duncan Sheik, and all, all of those guys, I appreciated their good music because I had that kind of put on me in college to appreciate good. When you say what kind of music do I listen to, if it's good music, I don't even try to put it in a, in a genre or a label. If it's good music, I listen to it. That's what, like the college experience right there. Your eyes and ears are open up to so many more things than the bubble that you're in and then you kind of develop when you're in high school. That's exactly what happened to me. And I was so happy that I was able to be receptive to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some guys will say, I'm hard and fast to what I grew up on and I'm not going to change. I'm going to listen to that and nothing else. Oh, that music is garbage. That music is crap. Or that's white music and that's black music. Now, huh. music is made for everybody to listen yeah. to. If you give your listening ear to it, there's some very, very talented people out there making music. You just have to be open to it. That's right. I would I would have never thought that I would be a black fan. I would mm-hmm. never thought that. I mean, and I don't like everything he makes, but I like some of his music. I would have never thought that I would have been a Bruce Springsteen fan. But I love Bruce Springsteen's music. So, you know, again, that's just me broadening perspective on music and enjoying that good quality music. Sounds like you go with the mood. If if you're if you're feeling angry, you're going to find music that will gravitate to that. If you're feeling happy, you're going to find music to gravitate toward that. I, I can definitely do that. Yeah, good public enemy play that will get mm-hmm. me riled up, and but I can also get something, you know, some some some. Uh, John Cougar Mellencamp to bring me back to reality oh, yeah. uh, and, mellow, and mellow me back out. So, you know, it, like I said, it, to be able to experience all types of music. What was the first concert that you went to where you had really good seats? The first concert I went to, believe it or not, was a Luther Vandross concert. I was already in the NBA. Oh, great. And that was, my, that was my first one. I saw him, and then maybe a year later, I saw Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw... Frankie Beverly and Mays. I saw Regina Bell. Um, that's probably my extent of concerts. Uh, but my first one was Luther Van. Great seat. And that's a that's a really good first concert. You know what? That's a, that's an excellent first concert because he's one of my favorite artists. But I'll give you a quick story. Uh, Steve Smith and myself, my former teammate in Miami, mm-hmm. we were out in the club. We were out in the club one night, and we get word that Prince is actually in the club. And yeah, he's sitting in the front. Obviously, it's roped off, and he's not doing a whole lot. He's just sitting there. It's roped off. He's not <laughs> dancing. He's not doing anything. So it's starting to close, and you know they're ushering people out, and Steve and I are kind of milling around in the lobby area, just kind of seeing what we could see. And about I don't know, maybe fifty people go out, and the usher closes the door. He pushes myself and Steve back and says, "You guys are be at the end for a treat here." He locked the door. Most people got out. I said, what's going on? And he said, Prince has decided to do an impromptu concert. I said, what do you mean? He said, he's, he's going to do a concert right now for, for the people that are still here. He went on at about 2 o'clock. He didn't get off the stage till about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning in Miami, South Beach. And he did not disappoint. I mean, he ran through a catalog of songs, 
and we were standing up the entire I mean that place was just rocking. <laughs> he played guitar, man. He just riffy, riffy, riffy. Just it was excellent place to be. And one experience I will never ever forget that he did that. And when I then he, when I told somebody else that, they said, Well, he, he used to do that quite a bit when he would go to these little places, kinda of hole in the wall clubs, he would do stuff like that. So I was very, very blessed to be one of those or be in that be in that experience to catch him when he was so generous to perform like that. Oh yeah, I think it's everybody's dream, every music every music fan's dream to go to a secret show that nobody else knows about. Had no idea it was going to take place. Now we we didn't meet him or anything. We were just there. We didn't get a chance to talk to him, get a chance yeah. to do anything except listen to the music and enjoy the concert. But hey, man, that was it was an excellent experience. I know just about everybody has an artist that maybe they don't talk about at parties. Somebody that they enjoy that as kind of the a relaxing music or something that they that they just don't talk about that they like. You got to have somebody like that in the wheelhouse. No, nobody even knows who this group is. They, don't, they have no idea why I like the song. There's a couple of reasons why I like it, but I like it. And pretty much I listen to it. Now, I listen enough that my son heard it one day and said, that's a pretty cool song. And it was Afternoon Delight. Have you ever heard of that one? Yes, of course. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my song that if I'm sitting around, if I'm going fishing, Fishing, I'm playing that song. I'm playing that song. Oh, that's but great. No, no, nobody understands. Yeah, it's a Starland vocal band. Starland vocal. That's <laughs> great, man. <laughs> I always think it's funny because some people will bring out stuff that from the woodwork, like, oh, I, you know what? I'm secretly a Carpenters fan, or you know, Barry Manilow's my guy. But, right, right, right. But but so far, you are the first to throw out Afternoon Delight. So that's so kudos to that's you. Awesome. That song is so sweet, man. The whole connotation and what it's talking about, that song is a boss song. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate just sitting here, chatting music, and having a good time with you. Man, I had a wonderful time. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to the Score Music and Sports Podcast. You can listen to the music mentioned in this podcast by clicking the Spotify link in the description or by searching The Score on Spotify. Please take a moment to leave a review and share the podcast with your friends and family. For more exclusive interviews and playlists, subscribe to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast now.